Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Now, as I've mentioned before, I consider myself more of a baker than a cook, and as such, I have a fairly healthy love of butter, especially with vegetables. A bit over a week ago, my love of butter has increased as BTS, a world phenomenal uh, K-pop group, dropped a new song called, you guessed it, Butter. It's a fun bop for the summer, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it 100% inspired this week's episode. So, without further ado, let's get rolling with some smooth background about butter. The word butter comes from the Latin word butterum, which borrows from the Greek word buteron. This word might have come from a combination of the words for ox or cow and cheese, which would mean initially the word for butter described a sort of cow cheese. Butter can also be used to describe other types of foods rather than just a dairy spread. With pureed nuts, you can get peanut butter or almond butter, and you can also get pumpkin butter, or other types of fruits and vegetables can also be used. It can also refer to chia butter or other fat-related spreads. So how do we get butter? typically using cow, goat, yak, sheep, or buffalo milk. The process works by churning the butter and cream. Unhomogenized milk and cream have butter fat in them, but it's at a microscopic level. The process of churning butter essentially agitates the microscopic fat globules, causing the membranes around the fat to burst, therefore allowing the fat to pool and separate from the rest of the cream and milk. Depending on how you mix the milk and cream, you can end up with different kinds of butter, with different consistencies. When churning butter, small grains of butter end up floating in the water portion of the cream, or the buttermilk. This is different from the buttermilk that we use today, which is more of a fermented skim milk. These small grains of butter can be rinsed and then folded together using a tool. When you're making butter by hand, this tool is called scotch hands or butter beaters. Scotch hands were two wooden paddles, one side smooth in order to shape the butter and the other side was ribbed in order to allow the excess buttermilk to flow or drip away as one was working the butter. During the process of working the butter, one could also add salt to prevent the butter from going rancid. Prior to making butter in factories, cream was collected from several milkings of cows, which meant that it sat for a few days while it was being collected. During this time, the cream began to ferment. This fermented cream resulted in what is called cultured butter, which has a rich or more buttery taste. These days, cultured butter is made by controlled introduction of specific bacteria for the purpose of the fermentation. In the 1970s, another method to create cultured butter from flavoring and lactic acid was developed, which made it easier to store and sell the product. With the introduction of pasteurization of butter, we also got what is called sweet cream butter. This started to be produced in the 19th century. Sweet cream butter could be kept and refrigerated for several months, while raw cream butter made from unpasteurized cultured cream could only last up to 10 days. Generally speaking, cultured butter is popular throughout Europe, while sweet cream butter is more popular in the United States and the UK. If you want cultured butter in the US, the best source to go to would be Amish dairies. Ghee is another type of butter that originated in India. It is calcified butter, which is especially concentrated butter and is used in food, medicine, and even some religious rituals. In addition to being a food source, ghee was considered a symbol of purity. 
It fueled holy lamps and was used for funeral pyres, and could also be an offering to the gods. It was used as an offering for more than 3,000 years. Calcified butter is a butter with almost all of its water and milk solids removed. If you've ever microwaved butter and then let it solidify again, it's something similar to that. The earliest types of butter that we have were made from sheep and goat milk because cows were not domesticated for about another thousand years. In Africa and the Middle East, a method of making butter involved half filling a goat skin with milk, so it's half air, half milk, and then you would continue to inflate it with air. Once inflated, it would be attached to a three-stick setup tripod with a rope, and then it would be shaken until the butter was formed. The Greeks and Romans did not use butter as much in their meals. They considered it a food for barbarians in the north. In fact, there's a Greek play called Thracian's Butter Eaters. This was likely due to the fact that in the Mediterranean climate, butter that was unclarified would spoil and go rotten quickly. In other works of literature, butter was described as a delicate food and prescribed it for medicinal purposes only. In Near Eastern texts, Whenever there was mention of butter, Andrew Dalby, an English linguist and historian, has suggested that rather than it being butter, this was more likely ghee, uh, the ghee from India that we already mentioned. In Yemen, smen is a type of butter essential in Middle Eastern and North African cuisine. It is made by using sheep or goat's milk, boiling the milk for about 15 minutes. It's strained into a jar called a kavia, where it is salted and sometimes seasoned. It is then sealed and buried in the ground. It is similar to ghee, but tastes more like blue cheese. Traditionally, it even represented family wealth. In Morocco, Berber farmers would bury a vessel of smen on the day of a daughter's birth and then dig it up on her wedding day to be served as part of the festivities. As we move from the east and Mediterranean to the north, we find butter in Scandinavia. In fact, the butter export and trade in Scandinavia dates back to the 12th century, making it the oldest example of butter trade. Here, Butter was easier to store because of the cooler climate. After Rome fell and throughout the Middle Ages, butter was eaten across Europe, but it was considered a food for peasants. Butter became more popular among the higher ranks in the 16th century, particularly when the Roman Catholic Church allowed for the consumption of butter during Lent, which had previously been banned. In the 16th century as well, Archbishop Georges d'Ambrose was the one who allowed the burning of butter during Lent. From here, we started to have bread and butter, and the English became known for using butter for their meats and sauces. In Europe, for the production of butter, sometimes there was a different method from what we use today that resulted in bog butter. To make bog butter, people would put butter into barrels called firkins and bury it in peat bogs. Sometimes these barrels would be buried for years. The burial resulted in very strongly flavored butter, but it wouldn't go rancid because of the peat bog and its particular properties. Bog butter was a common practice in Ireland until the 11th and 14th centuries. In London, by the mid-1840s, Londoners were consuming 15,347 tons of butter annually. By the 1860s, butter was such a popular commodity that Emperor Napoleon III offered a monetary prize to anyone who could come up with a more economical way to produce butter, to supplement France's supply, which at the time was just simply not enough. This led to the invention of margarine in 1869. Although it was later made from vegetables, margarine was first made with beef tallow. In the 1960s, the first butter factories in the U.S. started up. Prior to this, most butter had been made by hand on farms. These butter factories were actually preceded by the opening of cheese factories some 10 years before. 
the process of separating the cream from the milk was significantly sped up by the introduction of a centrifugal cream spreader invented by Swedish engineer Carl Gustav Patrick de Laval in the 1870s. He made many contributions to the dairy industry overall, including an early milking machine as well. In the 1920s, with the publication by Otto Hunziker called The Butter Industry, Prepared for Factory, School, and Laboratory, butter production became more standardized internationally. For farmers who had been using butter production to bring in extra income, they would shape the butter and sell it at a market, using wooden paddles to shape and imprint designs on the butter. The designs were specially personalized and used to identify their specific butter at the markets. In the 1950s, with the production of margarine on the rise and the belief at the time that it was a healthier alternative to butter, butter saw a decline in the market. Even today in the U.S. and the U.K., more people prefer margarine to butter. As far as butter production goes, in 1997, India ranked first, producing 1,470,000 metric tons, most of which is consumed in India itself. The U.S. came second to India, followed by France, Germany, and New Zealand worldwide. Worldwide, France consumes the most butter at 8 kilograms per capita per year. If, however, we're talking about absolute consumption, then first place 100% goes to India, followed by Germany. By 2018, however, as far as butter production goes, the U.S. tops the list, followed by New Zealand, Germany, France, and Russia. In French cuisine in particular, butter is of great importance, with Julia Child being quoted as saying, With enough butter, anything is good. In Poland, lamb butter, which is butter shaped like a lamb, is an important part of some Easter meals. Butter carving itself is an activity that can be traced back to ancient Tibet, Babylon, Rome, and Britain, as well as other places. For ancient Norsemen departing to the afterlife, butter was a precious commodity that was buried with the deceased to help them on their journey. In some Celtic pagan practices, it was believed that a witch could steal someone's quote-unquote butter luck and there were measures to prevent this from happening. There is a legend that a shepherd in Africa, about 8,000 BC, made the accidental discovery of butter as he had been traveling a very long way and finally took a break to take a sip of his milk, which had been jostling along with him in the journey. But the milk had curdled and then had been churned with the jostling into butter while he was traveling. However the happy discovery of butter happened, I know that I'm grateful for it. So that's just a little bit of the history of butter. There's much more absolutely fascinating stuff. And the song's a great bop if you want to give it a listen. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.